0: Having children is not bad, Having, getting married is not bad, but if it is your choice, if it is what you want, girls should have the liberty of having that choice to decide. I want to be a mother, I want to be a single mother, I want to be married to be a mother, I want to get married, I don't want to get married. It should be a choice.
1: Hey guys, I'm Ashley Dawn Rivard and you are now into the Dawn. A provocative podcast that looks at all things taboo, such as suicide, grief, sex, addictions, and more. Each week, I talk with experts who successfully investigate their areas of interest. And if you like what you hear, please remember to subscribe. Asha Ismail is the director of ONGD, Save a Girl, Save a Generation. She was born in a town in Kenya called Garissa, near the border of Somalia. Since 2001, she has been living in Spain. She started advocating against female genital mutilation and other practices, such as forced marriages and different forms of abuse and violence against girls for the past 30 years. She has worked at a grassroots level in Kenya, Somalia, and Tanzania, where she raised awareness and promoted education to eradicate these practices. She continues her work in Spain through the organization she co-founded, helping women who have been affected in one way or another by these practices. Female genital mutilation, otherwise known as FGM, is the ritual cutting or removal of some or all of external female genitalia.
0: Why do my people do it? Okay, because... The reason as to why they practice FGM is differs depending on the culture, the the tradition, the which part of the country is, for instance, a uh, long time ago in the old uh, old England, they used to practice FGM. They used to cut off the exposed part of the clitoris uh, because they they thought it could cure the girls. Uh, from from hysteria it could correct them from becoming lesbians Hmm. exactly so they it, it existed in england among a white english community which was the same tradition was taken to united states uh there was a doctor actually uh i'll try to remember the name i'll send it to you uh who was doing in his clinic he was cutting the girls in his cleaning and trying to say all the benefit the cutting of the clitoris had all the benefit it had for the women okay okay so what i'm saying each culture and each society and each place had its different motives of mm. practicing the fgm in my case um, i come from a somali community and the somali community believed that FGM was uh, the good way to make sure the girl stays virgin till her wedding day, to preserve her virginity, because the virginity is very important, Uh, if not, you're not going to get married. And what is the use of being a woman if you're not going to get married and have a bunch of children? So that was the the reason. uh, they they also defer the the north. I had um, from the northern Somali, some uh, the ones who are trying to get independence now and calling themselves Northern Somalia. Our lady was interviewed some times back, and she said that they were living in the rural area, whereby the girls had to go and collect firewood and water from very far places, their homes, either very early in the morning or very late in the morning. So what happened? There were rape cases and, and they they thought of the and practicing that type of FGM, the type three, closing it up, that will make it difficult for the for the rapists. But that's just one of the excuses, let's say. The other excuse was that they thought, because me, I'm, I'm a Kenyan, though I'm I come from the Somali culture, that the Kenyan I'm a Kenyan Somali. But we all have the same, let's say, tradition. But in Kenya, uh, there are about 48 different ethnic groups that live together with different languages, different and cultures. And out of those 48, I think 21 of them practice FGM that are not Somalis. They're, they are Maasai. You've heard of the Masai, the Turkana. The, well, there is a long list of... FGM practice, and they don't even have anything in common because they are not, they don't have the same culture, those people who practice, they don't have um, the same religion, they live in different parts of the country, and, and the practice exists okay, in, each, in each community. Uh, so in, in going back to why my people were practicing, as I told you, some of the reasons that I mentioned. Uh, to be sure that the girls rich reach virgin to her wedding. They also tried to include it in what was the religion. See, FGM already existed before religion came to Africa.
1: Hmm.
0: FGM is about more than 2,000 years before Christ. Wow. So it was like, yeah, it was already there. Uh, and what happens when the religions, uh, Christian religion, Islamic religion, finally reach the continent of Africa, uh, there are some things that the people keep. Uh, that was maybe very difficult for the religious groups who reached there to make the community change. Okay. So what happens in my community, they adapted. the they took the religion, and they put this culture inside the religion so it can look like a demand Mm. from God.
1: Mm.
0: It does not appear in the Quran. There is nowhere it is mentioned, but they made it appear, calling it purifying. So when a girl goes through FGM, she is purified.
1: Mm.
0: So automatically people think it has something to do with religion. That's what we have been educating Mm. also, trying to uh, make people understand that it has absolutely nothing to do with with religion. Who is doing this to the girls? Actually, it's women, funny enough. You see, uh, in my case, for instance, it was my mom. Uh, no, actually, my mom took me to my grandmother's house, and my grandmother called another lady, and that lady was the one who was cutting. So it was my family and the women... In my family there wasn't any man present when i was being cut so from
1: a woman's standpoint and a mother's standpoint and a grandmother's standpoint for them this is this is like would you consider in their mind they're thinking it as a gift they're giving to you like something that's going to benefit you
0: exactly i will not call it a gift i'm not sure actually how they're saying it but i know they felt it is uh, they are obliged it is their they are supposed to it is part of the duty of a mother to make sure that her daughter goes through fgm so that she can get a good marriage because how else is she going to survive if she's not accepted by her community if she doesn't get a husband in the community so you so it's a kind of protection yes okay. the mother protects her daughter so would it,
1: would you call that cultural In the sense of like, if uh, what is, we'll call, how is to say this, Um, if it is, you know, the one thing is to have your daughter get married, and that is very important, is that, that stems in the cultural
0: upbringing, correct? Yeah, we can call it uh, the harmful practices that exist in cultures. Uh, But as we have so many other beautiful cultures, uh, I hate calling it culture. It must be a tradition converted into a culture so it can fit in. You know, I say this is part of us. We belong to this.
1: So how old are the girls when this is, is taking place?
0: I was five years old. The age normally... The age differs from the country, from the community. For instance, in the Maasai community, it can be from 10 years to 15 years of age. It can happen like that. There are other communities that just when the girl is born, seven days of life, she can be be cut. Uh in my case, uh, because the the Somali community, for instance, they don't normally have a, a right a ceremony of rite of passage. What makes them different from other other communities? Other communities always there's a ceremony and there is a kind of converting yourself into a womanhood, so you have to go through some some things, not to be too to have that rite of passage and be a woman. In the case of the Somalis, the rite of passage actually doesn't exist, okay? So people do it uh, because it's time, because they they think that there's only one condition that they used to put that I don't think that is being, that condition still stands. The condition was to practice FGM on the girl before she gets either uh, her periods or before she gets even pubic hair in her genital part. Those are the major conditions. And and right now I think that is not very important either. So what was more important, that was a girl should be from five years of age up to 10, 12 maybe, Uh, and depending on how girls mature, there are some girls who are 10 years old, they already have tits and all. So before all that, before she is really mature, she must be cut. And, and they normally do it when they have money. They can afford to pay the uh, They can Holidays, if she's in a town and they're going to school, an urban area, when the schools are closed and both parents are available and families are available uh, to be able to do it. So those are the factors that normally that the, the Somali community use for this, but there's, there isn't other in special uh, moments?
1: But is this also an issue of keeping their voice away,
0: taking away their rights? Yeah, you can call it that. Uh, I'm not sure because they they never took my voice away, <laughs> but and it can it can be a way of using because um, the sexuality of a woman. Uh, is something that they have considered to be to be like a threat to men mm. see a sexuality of a woman is a threat so if she if you if it is cut off if it is reduced uh, 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 maybe she will not be so threatening to that to that to that person to the community you okay. know? the virginity is an excuse right. is a Lem excuse the religious, the purity, yeah. and that I don't know. There are some. There's a list of so many and things that they say uh, are related as to why the people believe that the FGM should should be made. You know, yeah. if you enter in the page of OMS or UNICEF or any other page that people talk about FGM, you'll find reasons as to why FGM is practiced. And then you'll find ah uh, because the clitoris will grow, because uh, it will hurt the baby, because it will. Those mm-hmm. are lies that mm-hmm. that have been the people have been told, the women have been told traditionally from years to years, and uh, so that they could believe that without the real reason behind mm-hmm. it. The real reason is what I just say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the sexuality of a woman and the sexuality as in the world we are today is seen, is is quite openly seen how women from different cultures have been have been somehow uh, tried to 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 be converted into weak people the, the us um, say the yeah the weak people uh, because of their sexuality mm. wow okay right yes yeah. yeah absolutely the Chinese women, a long time ago when they used to close their feet to make them so small it wasn 't beauty because that was a deformation to total deformation, it was they could not even balance themselves. They they couldn't even run if they wanted to.
1: Mm. Wow. Interesting. So as a survivor of FGM, how does this affect one's emotional and mental and physical well-being?
0: This affects you. It is a total, total, a permanent and Total damage to the person, permanent and total damage. And I'll explain. Uh, when I was five years old, and they that day when they cut me, and by the way, I went through the third. That's my community. Almost eighty percent of that community is a, is their favorite and um, type of FGM. I uh, saw. So, Uh, I remember that day, and it's something that can never, ever go out of my mind, but at that moment, when it was going on, at that moment, what I was thinking was how painful it was, and all I wanted was the pain to go, just the pain to go. Obviously, little did I know how this was going to be with me or affect me for the rest of my life. I thought, when the pain stops that time, that pain I was feeling that time, everything will be over. But my nightmare began from that moment because everything changes for you. Uh, When you go to the toilet to your Yeah, you don't do it the normal way. You you knew you were doing uh, before that because now it is drops that come out. Drops. Hmm. The infection is more. You scratch yourself. It's painful. You have a lot of pain. You're not happy anymore. You are not. You you don't want to play anymore. You don't want. You, it's something permanently changes apart from that physical and uh, damage. It is a psychological change in that girl. So you're not. You're not you anymore. Something has changed, and since it's not talked about, remember. Everything that happened to me, I used to ask. And I I used to ask the other girls who who had already gone under FGM and ask them, do you feel like this? Uh, Do you scratch yourselves? No, we don't scratch yourself. So I started feeling I was the strange one. All the strange things were happening to me. The others don't scratch themselves. but I used to scratch myself so much that I could use hot water to wash. My mom used to tell me, wash yourself with hot water. That it will go. So sometimes I could use water so hot, so hot, that that water could burn my hand. But I had no feelings there. Hmm. Okay, So you get your periods. It's complicated. The period does not come out the way you want. The day of the marriage. If the guy cannot penetrate, they cut you. So that he can penetrate you at that time. Giving birth is a problem, many women died. Giving birth. is a problem because if you don't, you're not lucky enough to have your baby in a hospital or assisted by a professional midwife, the chances for you to lose your life and use the life of that baby uh, are quite high. So as I told you, your life changes completely because it causes you a trauma uh permanent damage that cannot be rectified by anything, absolutely. Yeah. There are people who are offering surg- surgical help though, of reconstructing what was cut. It doesn't help at all. Mm. Uh, it's not a place it's not like your face that you, you get an accident you have an accident and you don't like that look that you have right now and maybe you want to repair. No, this is not this can these are damages cannot be repaired by 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 right. such a Yeah, so. yeah,
1: yeah. So, it, I mean, it, it it absolutely never goes away because physically one will always have a reminder.
0: Always there will be a reminder. Not many of them recognize even they do not associate it to what happened to them that is causing them maybe they the anxiety they are suffering, Mm -hmm. their lack of confidence in themselves and all that, they don't associate it. Others, for instance, the ones that they are cut when they are babies, and the cut is a tip of the clitoris or maybe the entire clitoris, but they are babies. So if she survives that, she does not get any infection at that time. As she grows, she has no trauma to remember. She doesn't really remember the cut. which means she can get affected in other ways as she grows up, but she might not even think she has undergone. She might think she was even born the way she is. Like uh, like she was born like that, she was made like that, and she doesn't know that she has gone through the cut. So she will never associate it to it. So it's not everybody that lives the same way, you see. I met a girl who told me that she she has undergone FGM and she has undergone the same type as me, a younger girl. She, I don't know, 20, 20 20-something years old. I met her last year in Kenya and, and she told me that that people who have undergone FGM are really exaggerating it. This girl actually was saying that the the women, the activists like us, or women who who complain that they have problems, were exaggerating it, that she had not undergone the same thing. So as I told you, uh, it differs. Not everybody has lived the same way, not everybody maybe has that trauma, but. talking uh, in, our, in, our, in our workshops while talking to different women from different types of communities and, and finding out uh, about FGM, how they have lived it, how, how they feel about it, uh, many of them came up and said, yeah, but me, I used to feel like this. I'm sure it was because of this and this. They had never thought of it before, but now they're beginning to associate a lot of things that happened to them with the, uh, with the cat.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And do you feel that once you can make that association, then it can help dissipate or have a, you know, a better understanding of, oh, this is why I'm feeling this way. This is why I have anxiety or, you know, and then
0: you're able to manage it. Obviously, everything comes, it starts with acceptance, accepting that this is the cause of this problem, looking, trying to get the source first of the, of the problem and then accepting that it happened because of this is the only one of the, I think, most powerful and effective way to be able to go uh, against FGM, to be able to, to create awareness in those mothers do the same to their daughters, is for them to understand that all this that happened to them is associated to that. So they mm-hmm, cannot, mm-hmm. they cannot, they cannot want to do the same for their for their daughters. Right, right. I mean, it, so what do you feel is
1: the solution um, to to ending this? Is it is it conversations? Is it education? Uh, what, what what do you think as an activist?
0: A lot of conversation, obviously, a lot education is very very important. Education for not, when I talk about education, I'm not just talking about going to school and to learn how to write and get, mm-hmm. read and write and getting a career. No, it's not that because uh, it's more than that. This system of education, the way of education, should be focused in empowering that girl for for that girl to know she is worth, every part of her body is worth, mm-hmm. every single part of her body. And nobody should decide that this part does not belong to her uh, or this part is dirty and this part should not be part of her no that is a, the, the the education the girls should get you know changing the changing that social norm that has existed or I because I've researched in you know
1: um some of it and seen that are there lot Laws in place? I mean, saying this is illegal?
0: There are quite many countries that have law. European countries have law. Many African countries have laws against FGM. The lastest, I think, country that uh, has approved a law against FGM is Sudan, where there is a very high number of FGM cases. Uh, But one thing is putting a law because of uh, pressure, pressure from from the world pressure, human rights pressure, uh, Occidental pressure, let's say, and forcing that this, the issue of women should be talked about, uh, FGM should be put on the table so that we we can at least reach the agenda and that we have decided the world is going to be wonderful once we are in 2020 so to try to reach those goals they ha- they they are forced to put those laws but just imagine my mom i'm almost i'm going to be 52 now um, in september my mom we don't know her age really uh, but we think she might be around 80 80 something uh, so just go tell me, my mom that uh, they have decided they have put a law That's again FGM. You think she will understand you? Why (laughs) should should anybody put a law in what is in my culture? Something that has happened for so many years, as I told you, FGM existed so many years. Okay. Then suddenly a government puts a law, and decides that I have abolished FGM. So what should really be done is that there should be. You can create a house you can't build a house without making the base of the house the foundation of the house right so the foundation is the education information and an awareness strong awareness programs in those countries where so they can realize the damage it causes uh many women to come out and talk about it and then the people can understand okay this so this happens and this causes this you know it, uh, and maybe, and maybe, and only maybe, then uh, somebody like my mom, uh, I'm just saying, for example, because my mom is a, is already uh, somebody who has been convinced through me, and but can understand it and say, you know, she actually says now, you know, that was bad. But it's not because the government talked to her, it's because we have been talking to her for the last 30 years. For her to understand that this was this was not okay, what was done was not okay, and now she accepts and saying yeah that wasn't that wasn't good. She even talks about her own experience. It was last year when she was telling me her own experience, so it took us a relationship over almost fifty years before my mom could tell me anything about what she went through, also looking
1: at I think you said the social norm of changing the social norm of of, of even with like men, right? Like this idea that this is how women should be, exactly. you know, or the purification. And this is what happens. And yeah, it's, it's a very
0: interesting, um, complex. When the, when the Western women, white Western women, European, Americans go to clinics to go and perform, uh, genital surgeon surgery on their genital parts because they are not comfortable because they think they're ugly because they think the lips are too big because they think and then they go and cut those those parts that they think are 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 too big so that they can have that perfect you know and and part of the vagina right and that is fgm it's not you know you're not going to that hospital because you're unhealthy. you're just going to cut off parts of you that the society and in this case men or women have made you understand that that part of your body is ugly, so you should correct it yeah wow
1: it's it's I mean from what I'm kind of hearing from what you're saying and then like thinking about is men have really consciously or unconsciously played such a deep role in women's beauty, the, like what women should look like, or, you know, feel like down there. And, and I mean, here in, in your culture and what you're, you're sharing, it's very traumatic what women have to go through. And then you have women like in us and in America and, Um, who are doing it to quote unquote be more beautiful and it's just feeding this feeding
0: this narrative (laughs) exactly exactly the difference is this ones maybe are too young it's the parent who organized that but it is even worse when you're old enough and you go and go for that surgery, right. trying to cut that business because you're convinced that that part of your body is ugly.
1: Yeah. So does that make you, not only you, but let's just say activists in general of F- FGM, more angry to hear that this is happening and feeding that narrative? Exactly.
0: It's, it makes me angry. It, it, why, does it, why is it okay? Why do, they, why do those clinics have a license to practice FGM mm-hmm. because for me it's a female genital mutilation mm-hmm. it's it's being why is it legal why is it okay why are we not focusing mm-hmm. in it why are we not talking about it why do you have to talk about uh, Af- the content continent of Africa' why should they where should the Western world feel that whatever happens, and that continent is uh, is a bad thing. You know, know that it is a savage thing. But they are not seeing the savage that's being committed right here. What I'm saying is, uh, what, what I'm trying to say is, women in general should should try to should try to fight against that oppression against men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Without boundaries, without color, without uh, discrimination, there is a force that has been there ever since us has been there all our lives, uh, and that keeps on forcing us uh, to do those type of things. So we should try to have the power to be able to say enough is enough. We all have different shapes of body, different shape of vaginas, different nose, different colors, and we are all okay. We are all beautiful the way we are. So we don't have to undergo uh, any any type of surgeries to please uh, anybody.
1: Does the Western world... um do you feel really plays a role in Kenya and Somalia over there, like in African countries? What well, what we see in our culture is well, let's take Japan or um, certain different cultures, or they want to be Americanized, right? They're Japanese, but they want to look American. Do you see that in um, cultures
0: where you're at or not so much? Generally, I think that is that is common everywhere, not only Africa. I think it's almost everywhere Uh, to think that whatever is on the other side of the sea is better than what you have. So you want to be like that. Uh, You want to look like that. in africa for instance they have there is this problem this issue and there are fantastic activists who are working on it uh, about bleaching the skin girls are bleaching their skin so that they can look white uh girls are uh, they're putting chemicals on their hair so that their hair can look uh, like yours uh you know so ov- obviously those are those are influences and in, but it's not because uh, their influence, I mean, I don't know how to explain it. They're not being forced about that. But since the media, the movies, the, the soaps they watch, the, the series they watch, you see there are always these perfect uh, women of this type. And every young girl yeah. wants to be like yeah. that. wow. And you know. do you foresee then in your culture,
1: or has it changed at all, women having more of just and equality and not feeling they need to be married because I've been seeing that in we'll say our culture over even the last, like from my parents' culture, you know, my parents have been married almost 50 years and I'm almost, I'm mid thirties and I am way more focused on my mission and career
0: than having kids and getting married. So the girl who was, the girl who is here right now with us, Hayat, is my firstborn. And she. Yes, she's a reason as to why I founded this organization, was to save her. Well, the organization was founded much later, but on her path is when I decided I was going to change. Obviously, my parents believe in, in getting married, that a girl should get married. The purpose of, oh, my culture believes, the purpose of a woman, a woman has no other use than to get married and have children. That is the purpose, why she is here. That's her reason to be. And that is one of the things that we have to change. So I remember when I, when I got her, after my story, how, how I went through different stages of nightmare in my life. And then she was suddenly, in fact, when I, was, when, she was, when I was pregnant with her, I had one wish. I wanted to have a baby boy. I really wanted to have a baby boy. But then a girl came. So when they put her on my hands, I remember, the, uh, I promised myself that she will not go through what I went through. And that is, she was born in 1989, 14th of July. I had no idea how I was going to do it. How? I was going to do it because nobody I knew in my community had ever questioned anything that happened in my home. And I was in Africa. I had never traveled out of Africa. So when some people tell me uh, I've been influenced, uh, that's why I'm talking like this. That's not true. You see, I was I had not gone out of Africa. I had never met other culture. We didn't have internet. We didn't have internet, so it was a decision of mine to be to be able to protect her. Okay, and at that time is when I thought I could reach more people also, family members, friends, cousins. I became so obsessed, and I wasn't talking about anything else. I had no other topic to talk about. I was just obsessed with that. Obviously, they did not take me seriously because nobody has ever said no. So they thought, ah, she will forget it. And so that's, that's why I think, uh, as you say, you have uh you have your parents who are married for fifty years, they expect you the same, but you have other priorities in life. And if you stay firm to your priorities, see, having children is not bad. Having getting married is not bad. But if it is your choice, if it is what you want, girls should have the liberty of having that choice to decide. I want to be a mother. I want to be a single mother. I want to be married to be a mother. I want to get married. I don't want to get married. It should be a choice.
1: But it sounds like what you're saying and what I think we agree on in the sense of there's a lot of questions that we need to be asking ourselves um, culturally, family, religiously, uh, societally to say, is this who I am in my soul is this, do I do I resonate with this? Because if you don't, you're setting yourself up for a life of suffering, trying to fit into this box, these social norms that are no longer you, right? And that kind of leads me back to what bring, can bring somebody to suicide is the suffering and um, the not not even having the awareness to question where is my pain coming from? Oh, wait, I have the power to change that in the choice, right? So it's, it's questions to start posing and, and making people think, how do
0: I want to live my life? You know, it goes by so quick. So unless we change the social norms in those awareness, then we will have more suicide rates or maybe people who are depressed, throughout their life, and they do not understand as to why they have that depression. Um, I remember being told when I was young that there were girls who used to commit suicide in the night, the night of their wedding night. The night of the wedding, when they're now with a man that night, the first night, they used to throw kerosene on themselves and light fire or hang themselves. So there were many cases, and by then they used to be called the crazy girls. You know they were not crazy. Those girls committed suicide because on the wedding night they were raped. It's not what they wanted. They were forced to be with a man. They had undergone a certain type, the third type of FGM. The man cuts them, penetrates them, on that night. Can you imagine how 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 they feel? While well, people are celebrating outside, dancing and singing, because they're so happy the girl got married, and she's really being tortured at that moment, okay? So there are many girls who took their life away on their wedding night. And the Somali community cannot question themselves as to why that happened. Rather, they try to ignore, hide, Because it's a shame. They were crazy girls. And they never talk about it. So I bet that breaks my heart.
1: Yeah, because they have no sense of self, right? No voice, no decision. No decision. No decision at all. You don't have any decision over your body. And the thing is, with suicide, right? Like, that's one sense of control. Like, you get to make that choice. So, in a way, maybe is some type of empowerment
0: yeah they're free yeah they freed themselves yeah yeah they freed themselves through suicide they freed themselves is the suicide rate high still in um association with fgm no i don't know those are stories i used to hear as i told you those so those things are really covered they're covered so much that they are not exposed last week uh some girls uh some girls I have contacts with in this in the in the social media are talking about how they were sexually harassed. One talked about a sexual harassment six years ago, and she was brave enough to talk about it now. One talked about a rape around thirty years ago, and at the same time, I could hear people commenting and insulting them. We don't still have that liberty to to be able to talk freely. Uh, or accuse uh, something that has been done to us either fgm uh, either forced marriage either rape you see we still we are not we, we are not brave enough uh, so it has to do with
1: bravery or is
0: there a repercussion from talking you don't want to hurt your family you don't want your clan your community to be to be criticized you don't want your religion to be touched. You don't want, you know. So we cover and cover and cover. So the moment we jump all those layers, all those covers, and we speak out, we are either we are either crazy. We have been brainwashed, and a few maybe will tell you you're brave. It it, it yeah. It it's it's happening all
1: over the world, right? In in different, in different levels, but. I mean, I think I'm a very outspoken person and I still see, I mean, I've had to overcome every exactly. thought that said, exactly. don't be who you are because nobody in your family is like that. But the the pain becomes so extreme by not living your truth. I think that for me, I know this sounds, ext- this is like maybe dramatic or extreme to say, but it becomes a life or death of do you want to live a life of, like, silent? You're dying because you're not who you are, right? And, and as you probably know, once you do step up, once you do speak up, you bring up, you give people permission to do the same. Not everyone's going to do it, but, you know, it's like, it really is that cliche saying, right? Like, it's really not about what other people think. You have to, you have to
0: live your truth and, and, and go full out? You know, living your truth and talking about me, I've been talking about this since I started talking about it. That was a long time ago. And I'm happy that I have done it. Uh, it reminds me of things that I don't want to remember, yes. Uh, it's also my therapy and reason to say, I cannot stop, I must continue, yes. Along that way, so many people have come out, have confessed, either in public, or either sending me private message, or looking for me and talking to me, face to face, "I, I read you, I listened to you, and I felt identified with you. I don't want to keep silent anymore. So talking out, speaking out, is helping a lot of people. So, how can people
1: um, who are not affected personally by FGM and they want to do something to end this, bring more education? What what could we do?
0: Well, there is a lot that can be done. There's so many organizations, I'm sure, even there in America, who are working towards eradicating FGM. As we are working, uh, we are registered here in Spain. The organization is called Seva girls Seva Generation. We are also part of the End FGM Network. That there are about twenty. Twenty something or twenty seven organizations, if I'm not wrong, all over Europe, and they and and we have just registered in Kenya. Uh, we are going. We want to start a home a home for girls, where we can bring give this education from zero. No. This education of change, you know, changing the social norm, but not only with them, with the girls and their families, working parallelly with their families in this process. Of trying, I know it's not easy. Uh, It's going to be really difficult, Uh, but that is what we are going to do. We got the approval of the registration last year. In Spain, we registered for almost 13 to 14 years. Uh, So people can help the for us to be able to continue. Sadly enough, it's like that. With just a good will, you cannot do anything. You need money to do it. So. If we can be helped in the page donation, um, there are many ways to be able to 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 become part of this organization. Join us economically, or voluntarily, or or using your voice to to talk about it, so other people can know about us, and all that's appreciated. I I really really appreciate you you know, taking the time today
1: and sharing your story and educating myself and people who are listening, what is what this is and what's going on in different cultures. I appreciate this. Thank you. That's it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. Please let me know what you think. Leave a comment, share, and we'll be back next week with a new episode.